Hey, welcome to the morning after show. Grant Cohn, Ryan Hensley. Generally, we do this show the morning after a Niners game, but that was two days ago. And then yesterday was Christmas and there was football and stuff. So it's like the morning after Christmas show. Yeah. yeah. And we, there's a lot to talk about. So I think it was worth the wait. Um, <laughs> the title of the show is Measuring the Brock Purdy Effect on the 49ers. Yeah, I think we quite haven't fathomed. It was the Christian McCaffrey effect at first. But now I think it's clear that it's the Brock Purdy effect, and we have to like really pinpoint what he's doing. But first, we have to talk about something way more important. Brock Purdy and Debo Samuel were sitting next to each other at the Warriors game last night. Yeah, this was great. Uh, what was your first thought when you saw that? I thought it was interesting. I know that Debo is really good friends with Trey Lance, so I thought that that was interesting to see him there with Purdy. I did notice that after the. The photo op, though, I was watching the game. They weren't sitting by each other for most of that game, it appeared. Uh, they, they were in that photo op, but I saw Debo went and sat next to some somebody else, at least for a good period of time. Yeah, that's cool to see them out there. They kind of – I wonder if the 49ers and Warriors are, like, working together to get them these seats and if this is kind of like a, a PR. promotional yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that's what this is. <clears throat> well, first thing that went through my mind was, boy, that was really smart of Brock Purdy. Like, he's trying not to come on too strong because it's not his team, but now he's sitting courtside with Debo. And it makes it seem like – this is, I feel like, the kind of thing that Steve Young had to do when he was taking the team over from Joe Montana. Like, you got to get Jerry Rice on your side. You got to get the, the team on your side. And right now he's hot, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, you want to go to the Warriors game? It's, it's just a good look. Just like putting Christmas cards in everyone's locker is a good look. It's like, this is my team in the most respectful way possible. Yeah. This is my team. And now I'm taking Debo out, and we're going to take pictures. And the other thing that went through my head was, I don't remember Debo and Jimmy ever doing that. I could be wrong. But I can't remember those two ever like making a, a public appearance together one-on-one, uh, -on -one, which maybe they did. But if they didn't, that to me would be missed opportunity for Jimmy. <laughs> hey, you're the quarterback, you know? I think he was at a Warriors game with Trey this year. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, Trey's done it. Um, Brock has now done it. No Jimmy. Well, I think – did we see Jimmy? I think we might have Maybe. seen him at a Warriors game. Brock is politicking. That's the main point. Yeah. And he's doing a damn good job because <laughs> yeah. part of it is – I mean, part of it's playing well, but the other part is, like, actually leading and, and showing that you're the, the leader of the team, right, the way that, uh, you know, Zach Wilson yeah. couldn't and a lot of quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield has, has struggled to do. This guy's not struggling with that. He's like – he's, he's like – He's like the class president. He's like yeah. he's running for class president right now and winning. Shout out to Jerry. I think we we grew up together for sure in Benicia, but I think we played baseball as like little kids together on the team too. So that shout out to Jerry. Just says Grant, it actually is his team right now. Right now it is, mm -hmm. but he's, it seems like he's trying to make it his team like permanently. And this, I like the moves that he's making. I appreciate it. So. Brock, that was smart. There's been 49ers at all these uh, big Warrior games, like the primetime games. It seems like it's almost like a like a relationship between the Warriors and the Niners, and they're putting them there on purpose. Also, Warriors games are becoming really glamorous. It's like Laker games when we were kids, you know? It's yeah. like the Lakers suck, and this is the, the best team on the West Coast. And if you want to get, you know, seen courtside, probably go to a Warrior game in uh, <laughs> yeah. San Francisco, which is yeah. – He's 40 guys, He yeah. is always there. He, he doesn't miss an opportunity. He's the hardest-working rapper of all time, E-40. Yeah, he's a hustler. Remember, about a month ago, someone asked us who's the, the greatest rap group of all time. I don't know how I did. The answer is NWA. I'm so sorry. I, I, like, most people just kind of forget about the 80s like it didn't happen because, yeah. I don't know. It's obviously NWA. I mean, every rap group that came after them was sort of channeling them to, to an extent. Yeah, they I paved mean, the way. Yeah. 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 Ice Cube, Easy, Dr. Dre, 
Uh, yeah. DJ Yella, MC Ren. I just named them all. I'm so proud of myself. Uh-huh. Brock is an old soul in a young man's body balling. Balling. Remember when uh, Jim Jones made that song and everyone would say balling for like an entire year? That was so much fun. Yeah. It wasn't a great song, but it was a great ad lib. Jimmy went to the game with Juice, CMC, and Kittle. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. When Jimmy would go out, it was always with his little bro group. Juice, uh, Kittle, McCaffrey. Um, I think he brought out like uh, Dante Pettis to a WWF SmackDown one time. But really, it was the bros. Yeah. So I think... Brock is being smarter to like not just have a bro click and like sort of try to, you know, get the whole locker room on. It's very smart. Yes. Rick says, hey, Grant, just wondering what you think about Purdy's 10-yard split time, 155 seconds, 95th percentile among active NFL quarterbacks. Hey, good knowledge. That's – uh, I think we see it, right? He's super quick. Dude's quick. Yeah. The play, the play that I think I like, one of the most of his was his throwaway. When, he, when mm-hmm. he like rolls around, the guy's in his face, and he like starts doing like the stutter steps and stuff and like spinning yeah. around. I mean, yeah. isn't that the skill set that everyone went gaga for with Zach Wilson? That's Zach Wilson was the number two pick in the draft because he could do stuff like that at BYU. What would Brock Purdy look like if he had been at BYU during the pandemic? I'm just saying, would he have been the number two pick? You know what's weird about Zach Wilson, Brock Purdy? Zach Wilson has more talent. It's just Brock Purdy's got that confidence, dude, that swag. Does he have him. more talent, though? I mean, I'm sure he has a stronger arm. But in arm terms talent. of, like, arm talent, sure. But, like, yeah. uh, accuracy? No. Uh, athleticism, no. Size, no. Uh, leadership, no. Like uh, he has a li- he has some more arm strength than Brock Purdy. Other than that, you might have to check every other Brock for every other box for. Brock. Is he bigger, I'm just saying, is he bigger than Brock? I thought he was maybe an inch Brock. or two. Yeah, yeah. Brock Brock is listed at my height, but I feel like I tower over. <laughs> really? We're both six feet and one half inch, but yes. I just feel like maybe I just wear like you know maybe my Vans are, are whatever uh, thicker than whatever he's wearing. <laughs> He's probably like 5'11", then, you think? They list – he went to the combine. It's probably the truth. Hmm. Maybe I'm just – maybe I just have an oversized sense of myself. Jimmy went to a game with Juicy. Yeah, we got you. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh, Rick. Hey, Grant. No, got you. Sorry. Uh, Just became a member. Love your show, especially Cone Zone. Hey, thanks. Appreciate Cone it. Cone Zone's awesome. Cone, and so is uh, Niners After Dark. That's one of my, Cone Zone, Niners After Dark. Love it. And this one, too. This one's pretty big. This was I think I like this one. Can we stop the Jimmy talk, please? Old news. No, we got to talk about it more today. But we will just we'll keep it to a minimum. Grant, is there a real chance that Trey can come back and play this year? I don't think so. No. Ken Law kind of sealed the deal. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to bring back Elijah Mitchell, and that'll be that. I think physically they could have. That's what something they may we'll talk about in the offseason. I think physically it was possible, but I, for whatever reason they decided to pack it in for Trey. Agree. Uh, T Master says, "Hey Grant, I'm a UTSA senior and uh, bought tickets for the playoff game coming up, but wanted to talk on your opinion on Spencer Burford so far." Ooh, it's interesting. Spencer Burford is—he uh, gave up a sack in the last game. To me, he's—he's he's like the youngest player. He's very young. He's playing out of position, and it's really hard to play offensive line in the NFL if you're a rookie, uh, because the defensive linemen are stronger and bigger and faster and all that. But he's holding his own, and it bodes well. Like, the left guard right now didn't play at all as a rookie, and now he's good. The fact that Burford can play as a rookie means that if he attacks the offseason like most second-year players do and gets strong, he could become a hell of a player. He's not there yet, but you never really expect rookie offensive linemen to be there. He's got a lot of upside. What do you think? Really good athlete. I mean, the guy can do backflips at his size. That, that, that right there tells you he's got the athleticism. And it, the fact that he's playing right now means he's really strong. Another year under his belt in the weight room, 
I think he's going to be really good. Uh, the Freak says, hey, Grant, where'd you get your pops and wife for the holidays? Uh, I got my dad another, you know, last week he was wearing like kind of like a greenish shirt jacket. He loves that. Um, so I got him a new one. I went to Levi's and got him like a bluish one. It's kind of nice. Um, and then uh, for Swasti, I bought her uh, diamond earrings. Nice. I don't normally buy stuff like that. I got, I, she has a diamond wedding ring, but it was an heirloom. It was a family heirloom. I, so I was like, now nah, I probably should just got to invest. Get, get some carrots. Get a little Tiffany's, you know what I'm saying? Some diamond yeah. studs. So, yeah, you know. What'd you get? I'm curious. Um, uh, my dad got me a couple of bottles. Of, he got me a Barolo, and he got me a Givry Chambertin. A Givry Chambertin. It was great. And then um, Swasti yeah. got me that uh, that polo puff jacket that I was wearing all weekend that I really like. Oh, nice. I love Ralph Polo stuff. Yeah. I like – I don't like – I like buying clothes because I – super vain and i have a little bit of coin and i don't like buying designer stuff like i'm not trying to look like i'm italian even though i am or like french like i don't want to buy that i just kind of like yeah. you know i noticed buys that, that, jacket, that jacket was a little a washington commander color grant i was noticing oh that. it did have a little bit of like uh burgundy <laughs> yeah. or whatever you want to say yeah yeah i'm like what's grant doing is he I'm is just... he showing signals here or what yeah yeah Chris says, check out Joe Montana's top 50 plays and try to find the throws Purdy can't make. Ooh, that's a good play. That's a good call. That's a good call. The way they can, the way Purdy can throw running left and right is very Montana-esque. His play fakes, very Montana-esque. Brock Purdy's playing to earn the starting job. He can't afford to lose a single game that inspires the entire team. And, yeah, man, it's the first time since I want to say Jeff Garcia that a quarterback on the Niners has not necessarily been, like, preordained to have the starting job when they were either drafted or, or traded, you know, this guy is not guaranteed to be the starter at any point. So he has to keep proving it every single week. And, you know, it's not the other quarterback's fault, but that's just how the Niners, the Niners have been trying to anoint the next savior of the franchise for 25 years. And you can't anoint him. He has to earn it. He has to pull the sword out of the stone himself. Yeah. And that's what this kid is doing so far. Yeah. Somebody, somebody told me, uh, you know, you got to give that first rounder that you gave up all that, capital four you got to give them the qb1 spot next year and i'm like as much as i like trey lance you don't got to give anybody anything they they need no. to go out there and earn it and that's just gonna what? make them look better yeah what is brock purdy not giving you right now that you're yeah. hoping you would get from trey lance like it seems to me that yeah you gave up all this stuff for trey lance but if you can get all of this from someone else hey man i mean that's life and you yeah. know what it's good to still have trey lance because he's younger than brock purdy and you don't know what's going to happen in the future but frankly what could you? What is Purdy not providing at this point? Right, now? he's like he's throwing a perfect game right now. It's hard to quibble with what he's doing. I think he could, you know, Trey Lance could throw farther if he had to, sure. but sure. so far it hasn't been like it's not a hindrance on Brock Purdy. So it hasn't hurt him yet. Yeah, yeah. didn't hurt Joe either. Todd says mm -hmm. if Brock can't win the Super Bowl this year, is there a reason to believe he can win in the future? Yeah, I, I, I would think that even though he's highly developed and experienced that he's probably going to be better next year than this year i would think yeah i mean i think he has no upside he has zero upside i mean I, that's kind of i think he'll be stronger i think he'll be savvier i think he could only be better next year now i guess the, the book on him will come out and we're going to talk on what we think the book on him should be but i don't i wouldn't just write him off as a flash in the pan who's only going to come back down to earth i mean if anything he'll stay the same no. Could you see a world in which Shanahan uh, uses Purdy and Lance next season? Purdy QB1 with design plays for Lance. Maybe. 
I can see that. He tried to do it a couple years ago. Uh, I can see Kyle wanting to do something like that. I don't know if the locker room be into it. I don't know. I'm not into it. I'll tell you that much. I don't like that stuff. I don't know. Who are we, the Saints? Let's just play football. Fair. Burford, right? And, like, why do you need to – again, you don't need to do anything like that. You don't need to be cute at the quarterback position right now. The Niners have, like, <laughs> statistically the best quarterback in the league over the last month. Right now. So what yeah. are you doing? What are we talking about? Burford, right tackle, Brunskill, right guard, full-time, MM got to go. Maybe next year. That's clever. I like that. Um, or, or Brunskill, right tackle. One of those two. But Brunskill's a, a, a free agent also. Flave says who was, imp who was impersonated last week. I just want it for the, for the record. That's messed up to actually say something under someone else's name. That's hella messed up. Flave says running quarterbacks come from the hood. Again, this is another imp – I'm, I'm, be I'm betting this is another imposter. What sucks is that I can't tell. On Streamyard, so I'm sorry. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna vet those from uh, better from now on. Jerome Smith says, "Purdy pre-snap reads are excellent. Keep both. His pre-snap reads are excellent." Okay, mm -hmm. let's move on. Uh, the Brock Purdy effect on the offense. Let me put it this way: I don't think the Niners would have beaten Washington last week with Jimmy. No offense to Jimmy, but that was a really good front seven of Washington, and. Um, they sold out to stop the run. They were really vulnerable to two things, pocket movement and throws down the field. And I don't think that, like, I think he would have got hit a lot in this game. I don't think he would have been able to avoid the plays that, the hits that uh, Purdy avoided. And I don't think, like, the play, the, the touchdown to Kittle down the field, I don't think, they, I don't think Kyle would have called that for Jimmy Garoppolo, like a post for Ray Ray. That, that, like, that's a, that's a Purdy play. Or the the play action rollout to the left. I don't think they would have called that for, for Jimmy. So I think um what we're seeing is the Niners are winning games that they might not have won uh with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think we're seeing that their offense is now really, really, really good. And it's living up to all the talent it finally has. It's had for a while, excuse me. It's finally yeah. living up to the talent it's had for a while. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if it's just necessarily sometimes I gotta wonder, but you know, the play action, the bootleg, that's uh, increased under Brock Purdy. He would have avoided uh, – Jimmy would have got sacked on that one time when, when Brock scrambled for like 20 yards and uh, threw it away. That was great by him. But I don't I don't know necessarily if um, it's completely play calling or it's just that Brock recognizes uh, targets downfield where Jimmy, Jimmy just never did. I mean, we watched all 22 countless times and there's guys open. Uh, deep you know not even deep deep but like you know 30 30 yards downfield and Jimmy just didn't pull the trigger on that uh, and you know the real the biggest difference between these two quarterbacks I was looking at their statistics today and I posted them and you look at the chart and Jimmy's chart actually looks better uh, than Brock's um, like the efficiency um, but what you really got to look at and what the most important thing right is what do we want to do we want to score touchdowns right points are good obviously and Brock's averaging two touchdown passes per game. Jimmy was 1.45. So Jimmy was, if he played the full season, would have got like 24 touchdowns. Brock Purdy is, if he plays a full season, he's trending 34 touchdowns. That's 10 more touchdowns per season, which would actually put him at fourth or fifth in the entire NFL behind only Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and maybe Kirk Cousins, which is phenomenal if he continues at, at that trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also clear that he's such a better fit for the offense than Jimmy Garoppolo is. Like Jimmy Garoppolo does certain things well. We'll talk I mean, he throws ten yard passes really well, ten to fifteen yards. He he throws it with 
zip anticipation and good ball placement. I mean, he's one of the better intermediate throwers. One of the better ones in the league, not the best, but um, man, he can't move. So he's a sitting duck in a pocket. That's not, I mean, the right side's not great. It's not a great pass protecting. I mean, it's not a great offensive line straight up. And so if you, a quarterback who can't move behind, it makes it look even worse. And he just doesn't, throw the ball down the field. He doesn't want to do play action. And to me, that's that makes you a bad fit with a running team. Like Everyone wants to pack, stack the box against the 49ers. Stack the box. Okay, well, theoretically, there should be wide open throws down the field off play action. And if you watch the film, there always were. Every week, you could say Kittle, IU, Kittle, Debo, up oh, here. And G- Jimmy didn't look. Purdy sees it. He's calm. He's not in a rush to check it down. He's uh, looking down the field, and all of a sudden, you know, there's like one or two touchdowns a game to a wide-open guy 30 yards down the field, and it's like, oh, well, Kyle did a great job scheming that up, or it's really easy for Brock. Well, yeah, I mean, this has been there. This has been waiting. This has been like a possibility for the Niners for four or five years. If you have a run game that's this good, you should be able to have a complimentary play-action passing game that's unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And now they do. So that's yeah. the Brock Purdy effect right there. And until teams find a way to stop that, the Niners aren't going to lose. They're not going to lose. Yeah, I mean, look at how Kyle's offense looked in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, who's having a horrible season this year. But but back then, I mean, their passing game was top-notch. It was like one of the best in the NFL. Because of play action. Yeah, because of play action. So now they're able to do that with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy sees the field. and was It's strange how uh, you know he's not a big dude. But he sees the field really well. I think that's a worry for a lot of, you know, teams when they have smaller quarterbacks. Um, but I guess that's part of the reason why play action works in his favor. He's able to roll out a little bit. But even though he's not the biggest dude, he sees the field way better than Jimmy. And we just got done seeing Jimmy's best year of his of his career. And Brock Purdy looks way better than Jimmy in his best season. Um, and it's really just his ability to score, put points on the board. To me, that. They create something out of nothing, put points on the board, and see the open receiver. Just make the play that's there. All right, sticking with this, the new offense. With Brock Purdy, the Niners' offense is way different than it was with Jimmy Garoppolo. With Jimmy Garoppolo, was a run-first offense. I mean, mm-hmm. there would be games where they would just they would want to run the ball 40, 45 times. They, they won games where they threw the ball eight times. And what's so weird is, it's like, Kyle, they hired you from Atlanta to bring the offense from Atlanta. What are you? That was like one of the greatest offenses ever. It was like the greatest show on turf. It was a aerial play action down the field, quick strike. That's what everyone wanted, Kyle. And you come here and you want to run the ball all the time and throw checkdowns. Like, so now to me, it finally looks like the Atlanta offense again. And what's so funny is I don't think the league has adjusted. You you were looking. I mean, you saw Washington. They were playing five, six guys on the defensive line to shut down what I would consider a mediocre running game. Yeah. I mean, statistically. Not a mediocre running back, but a mediocre running game for a lot of reasons. It's just not dominant. And yet, defenses approach it like it is. And so, you just have Brock Purdy play faking and having layups. Layup touchdowns down the field. And uh, until teams start to realize that this is a play-action offense. This is a play-action first pass to set up the run down the line. Oh, man, this offense is going to continue to score 30, 35-plus uh, points a game. So I, maybe they'll figure it out eventually, and we could talk about later what, what we would do if we were defensive coordinators to stop this, but that's 
the new offense, man. It is a, it is a like, they want you to try to stop the run. Come on, load the box, baby. Let's yeah. go. Brock doesn't have a strong. He can't throw it down the field. He's like Jimmy. Oh wait, oh wait. Yeah, he's not like Jimmy. Yeah. And and uh, Del Rio, right? Jack Del Rio, defense coordinator, Commanders. Yeah, he he was quoted saying that the the offense is basically the exact same. It's kind of oh. before the game he said that. So oh, well, yeah. you lost. Yeah. Hey, you gave up a lot of points. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure it's playoff, a playoff team will pick up on it. At, um, I'm sure, hopefully. But you know, the 49ers' offense has looked the same for five years, so you know they're kind of used to. Oh, we know what to do, but uh, it's a different offense. It's different. It's a different beast with Brock Purdy in there. And the, you could tell the teams are unprepared for it because he keeps getting the Niners keep getting guys wide open. George Kittle wide open down the field. Like, have you not heard of George Kittle? He's an all pro. What are you talking about? And it's like, oh, because the teams have been so locked in, in into defending the Niners a certain way for so freaking long. Yeah. And uh, that's not going to work anymore, which is great. And, you know, maybe it's a good thing the Niners waited this long to bring in Brock Purdy. Because if they had brought him in week three, maybe there'd be a book on him by now. But right now, teams are scrambling. Yeah. Scrambling. And they may not figure it out. One of the things that that worked for Philly, seven, whatever, four or five, five years ago when they won the Super Bowl was Nick Foles came off the bench late. And the offense was way different with him than it was with Wentz. Yeah. And teams just never adjusted in time. The next year they adjusted and, and it didn't work anymore for Philly with, with Foles. But for that month and a half, two months, it was, it was yeah. unstoppable. And he they put up a ton of points in the Super Bowl to beat Tom Brady. It wasn't like they won with defense. So maybe the Niners could do that with Purdy right now. The Niners have a great defense, but they're winning with offense right now. Yeah, I mean, my biggest concern going into the postseason was Brock Purdy um, being a rookie quarterback going into last game. I was like, Brock Purdy's my biggest concern. He's a rookie quarterback, never done this before. Can he handle it? Is this just temporary? All those thoughts were going through my head. Now I have a bigger concern, and we'll talk about it later, but it's not yeah. Brock Purdy anymore. No. One more topic, and then we'll get to a bunch of questions. The Jimmy Garoppolo effect. Let's talk about this, and it's not to, to belittle him or to make fun of him. Again, I just said I think it's probably – a good thing that he started as long as he did this year. That way the Niners could bring Brock Purdy like in in the eighth or ninth, you know, as opposed to having him pitch the entire time and be exposed to the batting order multiple times. I use baseball metaphors here. I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, so I think it's the entire season we were asking the question, why are the Niners not scoring as many points as they should? All I mean, all this talent. And they bring in McCaffrey. And the, the reason I didn't like the trade, I'm like, I kept saying, he, it's still Jimmy. You could give Jimmy Garoppolo, Jerry Rice, Bo Jackson, Calvin Johnson. He's going to put up 22 points a game. It's Jimmy. But at the same time, we also wondered, is it Trent Williams tipping plays? Is it Kyle? Is it Mike McDaniel leaving? There were so many questions. And now it feels like it was like a, it was like a textbook with a bunch of you know homework, uh, brain teasers. And now we can just flip to the back and look at the answer. And it was like, oh, it was Jimmy. Oh, it was Jimmy. And we could see it because now you put another quarterback who's actually better in Brock Purdy. And, oh, George Kittle's um, not washed up. In fact, no, he's still really, really good. And he's not just a guy who catches the ball on the flat. He's a deep threat. I mean, there's so many differences in the Niners' offense right now, and it's clear. All those questions. Why is it not as good as the sum of his parts? Jimmy. And I'm sorry to say that, but I think that's the case. This is business. Calling it like it is. And this is going to hurt him when he goes to free agency. Because he's having less and less of us argument as to what he contributed to this team. And now I understand why he wanted to stay here. And he, you want to be on this team. If you're a quarterback, oh my God. 
You're going to win. Your number's going to look good. You're going to make a lot of money. He made a ton of money here. Now it's Brock's turn or someone else's. Yeah, you know, I, I do. Um, to me, the biggest problem with Jimmy Garoppolo is confidence. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't have that confidence to pull the trigger uh, when he sees something, right? He just doesn't have the confidence. Now, what makes me question this whole thing a little bit is because in 2017, he had that confidence and you've heard Jimmy Garoppolo make statements in regards to, and you've heard a lot of, did he though? There was a difference between his run and Brock's Brock's isn't a playoff push within games that matter. Uh, Jimmy, they were eliminated. He, I mean, he didn't even put up that many points. I almost feel like we, we, he tricked us. He's not as confident as he seemed. He was charming. Well, we, we, we confuse confidence with charm. I yeah. There's a big difference between confidence on the football field and charisma in the press box, right? But what I'm thinking, what I'm saying is, I think what I think I'm trying to say is, um, I'm wondering if at some point Kyle Shanahan saw the turnovers that Jimmy was getting and kind of said, whoa, like, let's, you know, I wonder if that had any effect on him. All I know is Jimmy used. Thank to- you for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a key point. Let's talk about that. Okay. I think what happened, another thing with the Jimmy Garoppolo effect, it brought out the worst in Kyle. He is not a run game guy. He is not a run first guy. But he didn't never he never trusted Jimmy. Yeah. He didn't want Jimmy. He didn't trust Jimmy. And once Jimmy started throwing picks, especially in the playoff game against Minnesota three, four years ago, whatever it was, he shut down on Jimmy. And yeah. you can't win a Super Bowl if you don't trust your quarterback. Can't yeah. do it. They tried. They freaking failed. And yeah. what's so great about the Brock Purdy effect is it's bringing out the best in Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. He trusts Brock Purdy. And you can see it from the moment Brock Purdy took the field against Miami. He's all calling those double moves down the field. He trusts Brock Purdy. And if they're, if he's ever going to win a Super Bowl, it's going to be because he trusts his quarterback. So, yeah, yeah. That's a that, good thing. That's big, man. I think that was the biggest thing is confidence. Jimmy just lacked the confidence, and it's because – Kyle didn't trust him, and maybe Kyle had reason for not trusting him, but you could see he trusts Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has all the confidence in the world, uh, especially for a young rookie, which is crazy uh, to have that much confidence. Brock Purdy seems like the kind of guy to like not even trip on what Kyle is telling him, really, honestly. You know? He's Agreed. just like, whatever, dude, I'm, I'm throwing this thing. You know, He's perfect because what we've always said about Kyle is really smart, but he's a micromanaging negative Nelly. You heard we've that. said that. So yeah. many times. And it seems like either he's not doing that with Brock or Brock is impervious to it because yeah. he's so, you know, salty, confident, whatever. Like you just said, it seems like it's a good marriage. Yeah. Uh, it was not a good marriage between him and Jimmy. You, you can see it, man, yeah. for years. So, yeah. sorry, yeah, Jimmy. Maybe. maybe you'll find a better he, – he could be playing for the Raiders next year. You don't know. Yeah. 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 It'd be, I can't wait. I cannot wait to watch Jimmy on another team. It's going to be interesting to see – uh, how he plays under somebody else. I don't think he's ever going to be another franchise quarterback. You think he's always going to be in that situation where if if he's a starter, he's got like one, you know, no guaranteed money past the first year, and they drafted a guy who's behind him who could be starting by week 10. He's always going to be in that situation, I think. I, when they drafted Trey Lance, I predicted he was going to go battle uh, Mac Jones in New England. So I'm hoping that's what happens just so I can say I was right. But that, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it seems like the Raiders' first choice would be Brady. Brady might want to go there. He might want to play with Devontae Adams. And then Garoppolo, I I can't stand Mac Jones. There's something about him, his personality. The way he plays in the field, he does dirty stuff. I don't like him. 
He's the Grayson um, Allen of the NFL. Yeah, That's I don't like him at all. Yeah. I, mm, mm. yeah. The coach says, in my opinion, we have the perfect culture for a good old-fashioned quarterback competition. I'm just focused on this. I'm just focused on this season. It's hard to do. This organization is going to put the best guy on the field that helps us win regardless. Yeah, shout yeah. out to my dad who doesn't want us going beyond this season. I get it. Look, the next two weeks are like foregone conclusion wins. So I forgive you guys. You have a call pass on my account to, to for your brain to – because we, we'd be lying if we, weren't, if we said we weren't thinking about it. And I think the whole spirit of this show is to talk about what we're thinking about. It's, it's fun. It's hard not to do, man. It's so entertaining to think about. But to his point – Look, I don't think Brock Purdy's the kind of guy who would um, object to it. I mean, nothing's been handed to him yet. I don't think he would object to a quarterback competition with Trey. He'd probably feel pretty confident, especially if he goes deep in the playoffs. Um, yeah. From Trey's perspective, bring it on, man. What's he? How could you expect to not be in this situation after what Brock has done? you got to give Brock respect for what he's doing right now. It's unprecedented in the history of quarterbacks. And another uh, thing I want to say about oh, – go ahead, go ahead. I want to no, say outside, of the, outside of disaster moving forward – I think he's already earned that quarterback competition. He might earn the starting spot, depending on what happens in the postseason. But if nothing else, he's earned a competition. And unless we just see disaster out of Brock Purdy over the next uh, couple games and hopefully next six games, um, I think Trey Lance is going to have to compete for the spot. And I think it's it should be welcomed by both quarterbacks. And I don't also, I also don't think we've seen the last of Trey Lance. The way quarterbacks get hurt on this team, uh, Trey Lance is going to have another time to come go out there and do his thing. Either Absolutely. way, even if he loses the competition. Yeah. Yeah. And people forget he really wasn't bad. He struggled mm-hmm. against Arizona in his first start. Arizona was undefeated. Elijah Mitchell was hurt. Uh, Kittle didn't play. Yeah, so, broken finger as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the first start. It wasn't ideal circumstances. The next start, he was really good. And people say it was just Houston. Go back and look at every single quarterback that played Houston that year and put Trey Lance's numbers up against them. He was at the top. He was like top number three. So he, he was really good in that game, and the playoffs were on the line, and he eviscerated them in the second half. Yeah. Then his third start, uh, he was 8 of 14 until the monsoon hit, and mm. they lost because they gave up a touchdown to Dante freaking Pettis. Like, so that was start three. Start four, he was injured before the second quarter started. So mm. people say, man, he's a bust. He sucks. I've seen it. Nah, you're just – you just, I don't know. You, you saw what you wanted to see. Well, I've seen a lot of those same people now are all of a sudden turning on Brock because they're, a lot of them are just Jimmy fanatics. But um, one thing I'll, I'll say, too, is I think uh, we have seen about 85% of Brock Purdy. Like, he's probably at 85% of what it'll be, 80% maybe. He's injured right now, for the record. Yeah. Don't forget yeah. that. Well, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about Brock. Like, I think he's at like 80%. Yeah. 80% to a ceiling. I, when I think with Trey Lance, it's probably closer to like 60% of his ceiling. So Trey Lance has a lot of development to go, and I think he could be really good one day. And so just just because Brock's doing good, that doesn't have anything to do with Trey Lance. Finesse says, uh, Finesse Kiss says, is it just me or does the offense look more productive with Purdy? Just I tested the offense, and I can say turnover Jimmy can't run it like Purdy. Yeah, you know what the giveaway is? All the touchdowns are scoring. <laughs> definitely not just you man yeah man it's been so long since the Niners had an offense like this like even the hardball years it was it was uh defense run game time of possession you know win the, uh, 17 to 11 or 17 to 10 they used to do that all the time yeah. and in the 90s the Niners used to put up points and if you're not like at least 35 years old you don't remember that the Niners used to do this and now they're they're doing it again it's like oh yeah this this yeah. is Niner football yeah. Newscheck wouldn't know. He came from Baltimore. This is 49er football. 
it took me. I don't like know two why Uzcheck's bugging me so much recently. It's not him. It's the fact that he gets a free pass into the Pro Bowl every year for doing nothing. He's good part player. Of the, he's part of the frat, you know. But they, uh, they need to stop giving uh, Pro Bowl to fullbacks. There's like three of them. Come on, <laughs> you can't. There's no All Pro for fullbacks. Just saying that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we missed the last one. Hold on. No, no, no. We didn't. Um, how's the rookie tackle from UCF offense on NFI looking? Uh, from UCF, off of. Oh, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. Don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. He's talking about uh, Rock Pretty's roommate, Zakel. Is that he went to Fordham? Okay. I don't know. He's not an NFI though. He's just. He's just uh, in. I don't know. Rob Watson says you can't tell if they're uh, fake Flave chats because they look exactly like his real ones. Ugh, that's pretty rough. Um, Chris Grove says, "Is the po- in the post game presser, Kittle commended Purdy with his good play by his 10K reps at quarterback. Was that a shot at Lance, or was he just showing love to BP? I noticed the same thing. When the Niners, a lot of times, the things they say about Brock, it's like implied, like this doesn't apply to the other quarterback in the room. And I think it's pretty clear that the Niners did not want a project. Like if Trey's gonna take this job, he's gonna have to do all kind of stuff on his own and." find a way to develop without the 10,000 reps that Brock has. And when he gets his opportunity, he's going to have to kill it. He, otherwise, this locker room won't accept him. I think that's pretty freaking clear. And I don't well, know if it's fair or not, but that's the situation he's in. That sucks too, really, because I think yeah. – <clears throat> I mean, it's a good problem to have to have Brock Purdy. He's a, he's a great – you know, it's great to have him. He's playing great. But yeah. I really just think that Trey Lance can be really freaking good if he gets that development. So it's weird to – like. That's why you can't trade him. You can't. So I can't trade him. You Brock Purdy's trade. really freaking good right now, but uh, Trey Lance could be really freaking good too. You don't just give away quarterbacks who could be really freaking good. So, and yeah. still, you you still don't know about Brock. You still don't know the party yeah. could end at any minute. Mm-hmm. Jacob says the assumption seems to be that Lance has a higher ceiling than Purdy. Why is that? Is it his size? I've never been more excited to see our quarterbacks compete. That, that's what I've been saying too. Is like, yeah, I mean, better athlete, size, arm strength, all of it. But frankly. Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time in a 6-2 frame with a weak arm. Like, if you can produce like this, who are you talking about upside? This is the upside. You're the number one quarterback in the league right now statistically since you took over. So that's a good point. Again, I guess we just want to know, can he keep it up? Because there are some limitations to his game, although there were with Joe's too. So I don't know. Really good team. Yeah, I I think, you know, the reason why is, like, I think we would agree that Patrick Mahomes is probably a better quarterback than Brock Purdy, right? So, yeah. Uh, and Josh think, Allen and Joe right. Burrow. Joe, so, and I think that the the hope is that uh, Trey Lance can develop into that kind of player. Whether that happens or not, who knows? But I think that's what the ceiling that they're talking about is. That would be the ceiling. Muhammad says, I said it before the Seahawks game. GC, once Kittle stops helping MM on the line, he'll get back to 2017, 2019. Foreman is good that CMC didn't get fed. Um, man, we need to talk about Kittle and uh, Dave. We we got a lot more uh, we got a lot more to come to uh, super chats to get to. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about okay. I want to do one more Purdy and then I want to do the Kittle thing. So uh-huh. the thing that's interesting about Purdy is it seems like a fairy tale type of player. Uh, and there's been some fairy tale quarterbacks that we, I mean Joe Montana was one of them. Kurt Warner, Tom Brady. He's getting compared to those kind of like guys of destiny. People, people that weren't first round picks, but kind of came out of nowhere. And when the moment, when they had their opportunity, they seized it. And I think a lot of people are comparing him to Brady, but that's not the comparison I want to make. I want to make a case. Okay. When Brady took over, we lived through that. Brady was a great story. Second year, 
they did not have a prolific offense with Tom Brady. He was a game manager. They won with defense and situational plays on offense. They were a great team. But that's not really what the Niners are doing. Like Brock Purdy is not just managing the game. He's putting up hell of points. And it's not just him. But to me, this feels much more like Kurt Warner. This feels like the greatest show on turf. It's not on turf. But Kurt Warner was undrafted. He was not big. Um, he couldn't move like Brock Purdy. But he, was, he went to Northern Iowa. Purdy went to Iowa State. This, his, his, uh, his first season was 99. Purdy was born in 99. And when he took over, like, they just blew teams away. It took the NFL a long time to really adjust to Kurt Warner and, and St. Louis. Yeah. And that's what it feels like to me. This feels like the next – he was bagging groceries, right? He was the original Mr. Irrelevant. And now you got born in 99 – freaking born a day after Kurt Warner's 13th career win. He was born during that season. I, I just, that to me is the parallel here. He is 13. He's wearing the same number. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's yeah. the comparison here. And yeah. that, I mean, nothing against Tom Brady, but that's what it feels like. The stories are, are very similar. Like, well, yeah. a little different. Warner route. was a lot older. Warner was yeah, older. underdog stories. Yep. Yeah, if yep. you haven't watched that movie with Kurt Warner, you, you can learn a lot about him. I just watched it like a couple months ago. Amazing story. You know, bagging groceries, playing in arena leagues, and Finally got his shot, won a Super Bowl, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good story. I mean, we'll see what happens with Brock. He's got to finish the story, you know. Uh, but the beginning is, is similar. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they did finish that. I mean, Kurt Warner won the Super Bowl his first year starting by one yard, right? They made mm -hmm. that tackle at the one-yard line on Tennessee, yeah. who had the best defense in the league. Kurt Warner had Marshall Falk, who was, you know, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, but better. He had Torrey Holt, who was like Brandon Ayuk, but better. He had Isaac Bruce, who was a Hall of Famer. Didn't have George Kittle. Uh, had um, who was it? Orlando Pace, who was like Trent Williams. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm I can see saying. it. I can see okay. it. It's a good story. All right. So this is very interesting. Mike Silver, very connected with uh, George Kittle, broke the story about George Kittle's extension. Um, wrote a story saying that there's. <laughs> you you tell the people what what, what the story was about. I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah, I mean, he was talk just kind of talking about some dynamics between uh, George Kittle, Kyle Shanahan. Um, basically, Kyle Shanahan is very – he wants everything structured a certain way. It has to be done a certain way. Uh, Kittle kind of resists that, uh, and there might be some slight push and pull between the two as a result. Um, you know, he made a comment in uh, regards to – I think it was Hutchinson's on the Vikings went off in a game uh, this weekend, and Kittle saw that, said he was going to go off. Um, it, it, talking about how he was blown away by how many touches Hutchinson got with 13 and said he's going to have to go off and, and match it. Uh, you know, they talked about how in practice Kittle jumped to catch a pass and Kyle criticized him, said he didn't need to jump. Uh, and how I guess it's just a lot of that dynamic between Kyle. Kyle wants things a certain way. Uh, and Kittle, you know, he's a vet. He's been around a long time and uh, he's at the point where in his career where he's not going to just, he's not a rookie, right? He's going to do his own thing. And you saw like the route when he went and sold a touchdown from Ray Ray, that was Ray Ray's uh, pass that Brock Purdy threw. Kittle went and got it. And in practice, they were talking about how uh, Kyle told Kittle to, to go away from that so that, you know, Ray Ray would have been more wide open. They talked about that in practice, but when the game started, Kittle just did it anyways. Um, 
So a lot of interesting things, and we're going to see how this plays out. He mentioned something about uh, 49ers probably wanted to ask Kittle to take a pay reduction next year. Um, I don't know. But but what I do know is George Kittle is now we, – we talked about George Kittle struggling this season, but he's now tied for fifth in receiving touchdowns with eight. Uh, out of nowhere, really struggled. But last two games, he has four in the last two games. So – I don't know, man. This whole thing is kind of interesting. Just another little story, uh, side story uh, to follow along this season, something to look at. You mentioned that there's a thought that the Niners might want Kittle to take a pay cut next season. His cap number right now is $7.3 million. That's quite reasonable. Next year, it's $18 million. 18! The year after that, 19.8. The year after that, 17.5. And so um, Kittle's worth it if he plays like he played the last two weeks. I mean, it's him and Kelsey that can do stuff like this at tight end. But he doesn't do this very much. And I was saying, like, why? How did he become an afterthought in the offense? And, wow, what a conspiracy theory to think that Kyle could be intentionally not calling his number to sort of, like, intentionally suppress his statistics and then go to him in the offseason and say, hey, bud, your numbers are a little bit lower. Could you take one for the team? Like, oh! So, and so you're calling up plays in the red zone for Ray Ray. So you don't have to pay. So you can take money away from Kittle. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but that was the insinuation. And so you yeah. got Kittle like freelancing on the field to get his touchdowns, and you got Purdy over here, uh, very smart, feeding Kittle. Hey, Kittle, you want the yeah. ball? I got you, baby. I got you. Because I asked, I asked Kittle earlier this year in Colorado, like, have you gone to Kyle and asked for the ball more? And he said, No, I've gone to Jimmy. And maybe Jimmy felt like he couldn't disobey. I don't understand, but Purdy is feeding him the ball, and it seems like it might be to the chagrin of Kyle. The the, the little uh, the little detail in this story that Kittle caught a touchdown pass in practice and jumped, and Kyle said he didn't need to. To me, speaks to Kyle doesn't like players who call attention to themselves because. I don't know why. And I think he saw – what he said? He, he morphed from a try-hard fifth-round pick to a media darling. I think Kyle doesn't like that. And maybe he feels like every once in a while he needs to take him down a peg and give him three targets. I don't understand. But it's not in the best interest of the team, and Kyle needs to knock that off. Because we yeah, see what Kittle can do when he's fully in, involved in the offense. It made no sense to me why he wasn't getting targets this year. I mean – we, you know, I was it was last that. year too. It was in the freaking playoffs last yeah. year, man. They, they. It feels like they should have been calling his number last year. They should have been calling his number last year in the playoffs. Is what I'm saying. It seems like such a waste of talent. You know, I was wondering, does he still have it? And obviously, he does, man. He still has. He's just as good as he was. He just needs more opportunity, more targets. But I did think it was funny. He just needs to run the wrong route and just get the ball on his own. <laughs> oh, you're throwing to Ray Ray? No, I want it. So funny that he did that. It so was funny, funny about it too. Afterwards, in the press conference, he said. You know, Kyle's probably going to coach me up on this one. Oh, well, you know, like I thought that was interesting, too. I don't care. Because at a certain you know, point, yeah. you make more money than the coach. You got four or five years. What is he going to say to you? At a certain point, I think that's why coaches like Nick Saban don't want to be in the NFL. There's going to be eight or nine players on your team that you really can't say anything to. You're mm-hmm. at their mercy, and you, you they better like you. Right. Pretty much. So if yeah. you want to be like a guy who's leaning on all your players – Go coach college. And I think that would appeal to Kyle, except for the fact that I don't think he would spend one minute recruiting. One minute. So it'll never happen. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. Uh, Dave says, uh, Grant, what's up? Love you guys. 
My guys and I are listening to you at work. Keep doing what you do. Would, would you give my company a shout out? Patriot Builders of Montana out here killing it daily. A shout out, Patriot Builders of Montana. I hear you guys are out here killing it daily. That's daily. what all the reviews say, daily. Every day. You gave this like 30 minutes ago. I hope you didn't leave, Dave. Shout out to you and your company. I want to go to Montana. Never been to Montana. Heard it's nice. Beautiful. Heard it's super nice. Yeah. Jorge says, Grant, is there a name for the TD celebration that BP has been doing? I kind of love it. What is his celebration? I haven't seen it. I don't know. I didn't notice it. Is it regular? He does it every time? I didn't notice. Someone needs to t- show me, point that out. I think Flave has two accounts. One says what he feels. Jeez. Oh, oh man. The Atlanta defense was ranked 27th in 2016, too. Yes, that's true. We were talking about the Atlanta offense. Yeah. Uh, Steve-O says, stop the run. We go to the air. Stop the pass. We run. Yeah, that's what a good offense does, and that's what the Niners can do. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, with Jimmy, it was just run, run, 10-yard pass. Run, run, 10-yard pass. Sometimes run, 10-yard pass, 10-yard pass. Sometimes just to throw them off. <laughs> but that's the offense. Thomas Tyler says, BP won in the B- Big 12 with the least talented team. Peep their record this year. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised he's crushing up with these playmakers. Eh, look, I don't follow college football that much, but I know Brees Hall went to Iowa State. I mean, I know they had – Hakeem Butler was there. He was good. Yeah, they had some guys. But still, yeah, it's true. Also, bro, the, the, I think the reason people didn't see this is, like, the Big 12 play, plays no defense at all. So – Why did he go the seventh round? Why did he go all the way to the last pick in the draft? Why? That's just because of where he played? Like, that's – they dropped the ball. I thought the NFL scouts were better than this now. I thought yeah. they figured this out. Um, yeah, me too. But then you look at Zach Wilson, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. How did, whoa, how did, yeah. whoa, how did you go two? Yeah. And he went, because really, again, like, what's the difference between Zach Wilson and Brock Purdy? That one throw at the, at the pro day? That? Yeah. I don't know. It's really the mental. I think that's the hard part is they can't. It's the confidence and the mental, the it factor. It's hard to measure, but yeah. Also, it's how you react to pressure in the pocket because you're pressured every time in the NFL. You never really get to stand there and you're not pressured a lot in college. You'd really, I mean, go back and watch Zach Wilson. He's just basically doing cartwheels behind the line of scrimmage and there's no one around him. And he's like, it's like and one football, but he can do whatever he wants and he makes it look cool. Purdy now is running around and he has to, you see, he has the athleticism to stop and start to make people miss. He, I don't know. It just seems like his comfort and calmness and confidence and proficiency in the pocket is something you don't expect from a young quarterback. Don't see yeah. very much. And maybe they should do a better job of scouting that. Yeah. That thing. However you do that. However yeah. you do that. Um, Cash says, Cash the God, the God, not the God, the God, says when Jimmy came to the Niners, he won five in a row, then figured, then got figured out. It can happen with Brock too. Well, we already figured out Brock. We're going to tell you how to stop Brock. They should they should put all the like the future quarterbacks, like make them go on fear factor. And then whoever wins, that's going to be your best quarterback. <laughs> With Joe Rogan. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Tom Poole says Mike McGlinchey, two false starts at home. <laughs> was a liability. I know, like, the Niners have won eight in a row, so we really don't talk about things like this. But, like, can we just pause for a minute to appreciate that accomplishment? Worried about him in the playoffs. Ribs ain't an excuse for those penalties. Also, telling someone, like, one-on-one the week of that game, hey, by the way, I got broken ribs. Like, you really want people to know that now? Okay. Uh, then let someone else play. Or, I don't know. Sorry. That sucks. I'm sure that really hurts. But, like, yo, that doesn't inspire confidence. Crazy how this offense is more dynamic with the right quarterback throwing deep and scoring over 20 points. Kyle wasn't the problem. Yeah. The Purdy effect. The Jimmy effect. All of a sudden, Kyle is coaching 
with confidence and trusting his quarterback. Wow. Timothy says, be real, Grant. You always knew it was Jimmy limiting the offense. You just now have evidence. Hope everyone had a good holiday. I mean, we knew it was Jimmy. I just wondered if it was more than that. And now it feels like it was just him. It was all your, it was all your fault. Yeah, mostly Jimmy. And I want to, you know, maybe we could take this time to uh, gloat. <laughs> because so many dead people were mad at us for saying we wanted to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. And look what happened when we did. And Kyle wanted to replace him too. And he was right. Yeah. Kyle says, uh, will the lack of two-minute drill practices come to haunt them in the playoffs? Vikings don't match well against the Niners, but they're 11-0 in one-possession games. Well, yeah, that I, that's a good point. You know, It seems like the Niners have one way to win, get a lead, sit on it, play from ahead. If they have to play from behind, I mean, they, they haven't had to do that in a very long time, but they haven't had to face Minnesota yet or Buffalo or Cincinnati or, well, they did have to face Kansas City. That didn't go so good. So, yeah, it's a good point. The one thing I'll say is maybe Brock did it in college. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's got that experience to fall back on. But yeah, that's a good point. Jeff George had arm strength. Man, he really did. He really did. Suck though. How will Purdy will how wow. Will how Purdy is playing hurt Jimmy in the offseason? Oh, no question. Fortunately. Yeah. Um deal Trey before folks realize how raw he is. <sighs> nope. I wouldn't do that. I think you're selling low. To me, again, Bill Walsh. Tra- that would be like Bill Walsh trading for Steve Young. You want you, a smart move would be to trade for Trey Lance right now. If I were on another team, I'd be trying. I'd be calling the Niners up and be like, "Can I give you a second and a fourth for Trey?" And uh, if they say yes, I'm happy. I feel like I just got a top three pick, you know, real low because they didn't know what to do with him. Never gave I mean, him a chance. Jimmy's not going to be here next year. So, like, what happens if? So, let's say Brock earns the starting spot and he's your starter. What happens if he goes down? What like you want to put the, in Josh Johnson? No disrespect to Josh Johnson, but like, is that he'll be thirty-seven? What? Yeah. You know? No socks. No socks. No shoes. No service. Says funny how the same guy that told us Purdy wouldn't make the team, CMC was a bad trade, and to trade Kittle is saying we need to be patient with Trey. I don't know who he's talking about. I don't know. I don't know who he's talking about. Is that I true? the reason I said Purdy wouldn't make the team is because they didn't think he would make the team. The thing about people pulling receipts on Purdy, which I think is funny, is like, yo, they gave Nate Sudfeld like multiple millions guaranteed because they they took they were gonna take Purdy as an undrafted free agent, and they were talking to him in the lead up to the draft and trying to get him to agree to a deal as an undrafted free agent because they wanted him on the practice squad, but he wouldn't, and they just were like, you know, let's just take him with the last pick, and that way we don't have to negotiate with him. We might even get him for cheaper, just be having him locked in as that pick. Uh, because there can be bidding wards on undrafted free agents. But they always thought he was going to be on the practice squad. He outplayed Nate Sudfeld. Give him credit for eating the money on Nate Sudfeld and, and th- uh, sending him out of town. They compared him to Nick Mullins when they drafted him. No one saw this. Not the Niners. Not nobody. Only person that saw this was Brock. And that's why I like it. How about how about the same guy that uh, predicted Jimmy Garoppolo would come back to the team and the same guy that said Greenlaw would be the leading tackler on the 49ers this year? How about he's telling you? <laughs> Look, I'm wrong a lot. I'm just saying the reason I didn't like the CMC trade is Jimmy. The reason I said trade Kittle in retrospect was Jimmy was wasting him. Now that they have a good quarterback, I take it all back. Well, you know, I just hate this take because, you know, what makes Grant entertaining is he gives us his straight opinions. He doesn't sugarcoat it. Sometimes he's right. Sometimes he's wrong, which all of you guys would be sometimes yeah. right, sometimes wrong. I mean, you could go watch somebody that, that – tiptoes around the subject matter if you want but that's not what you get my brand is not being is not about being right all the time or more often than anyone else it's about showing my work making a good case and not being boring at the same time that's what i try to do 
So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be wrong a lot. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Because you know what? I've been betting against the Niners for so long. They're not going to go. They're not going to win. It's because Jimmy. I knew they were never going to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy. Now, I feel like I just might be in the middle of the privilege of covering a Super Bowl team. My dad covered five of them. He never complained. I had to cover great team. Like, that's what you want. I feel like I'm being privileged to cover greatness right now. And I never felt that way with the Jimmy Garoppolo-led team. So, um, I'm happy to be wrong. And for the record, I said the Niners would win the Super, would win the Super Bowl this year. I just didn't know it would be with Brock. I knew it wouldn't be with Jimmy. I knew it wouldn't be with Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know it would be with Brock. I thought it would be with Trey. Yeah. If Garoppolo was on the Jets, they they may still be contenders for the postseason. Nah, man, Jimmy be hurt. I'm sorry. He'd be hurt. Mike White got hurt. I mean, dude, quarterbacks get hurt. He's one of them. Cookie said, Cookie Monster says it's pretty good because he's been practicing against the number one defense all season, or is the defense good because they've been going against Purdy? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Iron sharpens iron. There you go. Iron sharpens iron. I don't know, but it's a good it's a good point. Kalia Davis, rookie DT from UCF. Oh, DT. Oh yeah, he's. Uh, I don't think he's gonna play this year. I don't think he's gonna play this year. But maybe. Do they need him? I think they're getting maybe. Maybe. Hey, you know who? Uh, shoot, man, what's this guy's name? Dude, you know who flashed on me? I'm sorry. This is, Just pretend this is a super chat. But did you see Spence, number 55, on the 49ers? Did you see him play this week? Did you notice yeah. how – he was really effective against the run game, man. He was pushing guys back. I was. I never even – somehow he slipped through the cracks. I didn't even heard of that guy. But I was watching him this week, and I was like, who is double nickel out there pushing the line? Man? He's, yeah. who is, who is that guy? Is he a rookie? What is he? No, he's been around. He's been around the league for a while. He's actually kind of over the hill. He used to be a starter in the league. King's he did great yeah. in that game. Kalia Davis, uh, I guess they're ramping him up, and if someone gets hurt, you know, they could always go to him. Like, for example, Eric Armstead's been, been in and out this year. Javon Kinlaw's been in and out this year. Uh, Kevin Givens may come back, may not come back. Uh, Ridgeway, may, you know, so, like, it's, just, it's an option. He's an option. But I'm thinking, ideally, you don't bring him in for his first action now. Um, but See, they, could. they rotated a lot of defensive tackles in this game, this last game, more than they usually do. Saul Goodman says, Trey, is he in witness protection? How does that show? Saul Goodman says, Trey Lance hasn't shown much poise or moxie yet. That's why BP looks so good. Uh, they definitely, you could definitely see the difference in experience. That is so different. That's so true. Hopefully Trey Lance gets it with experience. Still worried BP gets exposed in the playoffs. That's what I, what sucks about Trey Lance is like, he, he, he doesn't have enough experience to get experience. He doesn't have enough ID to get ID. Like, he's just in this catch-22 that's unfair. Unfortunate. I guess life isn't fair. What offer makes Jed trade Kyle uh, Shanahan this offseason? Nothing. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, Alan says, do you remember everyone concerned about losing Mike McDaniel because our offense would fall apart? Yeah, me either. I remember being concerned about it, yeah. You know, yeah. it was a lot of people that were just trying to be nice and not blame Jimmy in retrospect. It was Jimmy's fault. Purdy Me says, what can Trey add from Brock other than being able to throw the ball farther? Purdy is much better in all other categories. Seems like a lot to give up. Well, with Trey, I think the Niners were averaging like six yards a carry. The run game will be better with Trey. because You see what, like, Jalen Hurts does for the Eagles? That's what Trey theoretically could do if he had some time and experience. Um, that. So I, I wouldn't just dismiss his potential i would still very early still very early on both those guys like you got to give both those guys some time before you can judge them 
My finger hurts, says Trey's future Canadian league starts to blow Purdy's NFL stats out of the water. Watch. Calling it now. You heard it here first. Trey equals Canadian God. Guys, you're jerks. The coach says Kurt and Brock are both Arizona kids too. See? See? History repeating itself. History (laughs) repeating itself. This feels like the team of Destiny Brock. It It feels like team of Destiny. Brock's a kid of Destiny. Destiny, and I'm really excited to cover this team. It's it's the most fun I've ever had covering a team this season. Anoop says Kurt Warner is the perfect comp. Kyle should let Brock throw more downfield and into the end zone when in the end in the red zone. We could have had 50. Yeah, they went real conservative in the second half, like Jimmy was their quarterback. Like Kyle, come on. You got you got young Kurt. You got little Kurt here. <laughs> Brock has earned the right to develop as a starter. Trey has Tim Tebow vibes. You guys are too ambiguous. What does ambiguous mean in that context? The season's ambiguous. not over, Zach. So what what happens if he comes out next two games and craps his bed? Like what what happens if he's horrible in the playoffs? I'm not saying it will be, Hold but on. like slow down. What is a, a Tim little. Tebow vibe, and how do you pick up on those? What what do they feel like? Do they have a color? <laughs> how do you how do you sense a Tim Tebow vibe? Well, people say they have they're getting certain vibes or feelings. Like no, you're not. What are you talking about? Kittle might go all pro again. No go on a pay cut. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm Team Kittle, man. Feed him the ball. Get that money, baby. Don't let the Niners <laughs> do you like that, even though you're not worth it. Well, I'm just kidding. If you can keep giving, put, giving the 120 and two touchdowns a game, you're worth it. You're worth it. Trey equals Achilles Smith, both number three draft picks, too. That's the one thing they have in common. <laughs> For the Lance fans, do y'all think Baker could beat us? Because I think heads will roll the, the, the same no matter what. And thank you, Grant, for what you do. Baker. No. Baker no. Mayfield. Throw into Tyler Higby and freaking Skoranek? No. Sean said, I just got here, so I don't know if this has already been said, but George Kittle's value uh, is more than just his play. He's a key emotional leader on the team. Sure. Great. Hey, that's why I said don't trade. Don't ever trade, George Kittle. <laughs> Extend that contract. Oh, wait, they already did that. Debo coming back this week? I don't know. Later, uh, I don't think so. I would doubt it. No. Kittle also fumbled a lot last year, to be honest. He did. He did. You know what? Quality control got him back on track. It's what it's what we do. Finger gun celebration. Oh, you gotta like the finger gun celebration though. Oh, is that what Brock does? Okay. That's the shooter McGavin celebration. Okay. <laughs> I like the finger gun celebration. Yeah. We used to do that. In, not that I scored a lot in soccer in, in high school, but that was always a fun celebration if you scored. They're like <laughs> Kittle blocking outside is like having an extra pulling guard. You should be running laps for jumping McLeod. Um. I don't think he's the same blocker he used to be, but he can really run. The narrative of this quarterback class made BP last pick. Man, how did Kenny Pickett go one and Brock Purdy went last? Kenny Pickett was another, you know, low ceiling, old, experienced. But why? I don't, I, I'll never understand that because I'd rather have Brock Purdy than Kenny Pickett looking at them both play now. Yeah. Kenny Pickett? Dave Barclay says we're still here. Thanks, guys. Montana's awesome. Born in Roseville, California, and raised in the foothills, but came out here eight years ago. It's like CA in the 90s. Oh, that's tight. My brother just bought a, a spot in um, Nevada City. So that's out there. Thank you, um, Blaze Jam 49. Uh, Calais Safri says aloha to Grant and Ryan from the 80850 estate. Oh, that rhyme. Love your channel. I think we should keep Brock and Lance for next year. Your thoughts? Hey, we're right there yep. with you, baby. Keep them yep. both. Purdy B says, shout out. Shout out to Hawaii. If Purdy, if Jimmy was the problem, but he still won games, and Trey couldn't even do that, does that tell us how bad Trey really is right now? Dump him. Oh my god, he's one and two, man. He was one and two. Yeah, the worst. He's one like and two, and he didn't. In, in the first game, he didn't have Elijah Mitchell. 
He didn't have a full Elijah Mitchell. He didn't have Christian McCaffrey. He didn't have Jeff Wilson Jr. He didn't have Kittle. I'd like to see Trey Lance with uh, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, Debo. I'd like to see that. Has he ever? He played one game with Kittle and won. In his four starts, one with Kittle, he won. Who I said the Niners should give a lifetime contract. I said that. Hugo says, what are the chances to keep the same roster for next year given all the free agents we're going to have? Well, not re-signing Jimmy Garoppolo will make that a better, a more uh, likely event. Yeah, but so I think they'll be able to sign whoever they want on that's on the team this year um, or close to it. You know, um, they'll lose some guys, but yeah, because I, I think they they like that that uh, comp pick thing. They want yeah. the comp picks because it's free money, and to get comp picks, you have to lose more free agents and you sign that off season. So, letting guys go is part of the plan. Yeah, I think Jimmy business. Ward is gone, unfortunately. Every, everyone's wrong sometimes. I guess you missed it. Lombardi has been right about literally everything. Boom, Russell Grant. <laughs> My wife said did you, is that he tweeted something like along those lines. I don't I don't really follow. I don't. He said, I'm literally right about everything. He wrote that? Mm-hmm. How do you say something like that? Yeah, I, I, hit, I, said, I tweeted him back. I said, wow, this is a quick release special, Lombardi. <laughs> Yeah, he's such a nice guy in person. Why does he do that? I don't know. I guess he could say the same thing about me. I don't know. It's just like, dude, what? You thought that was gonna be a banger? <laughs> like what? <laughs> anyway, um, shout out to David. I like him. D- Dark brother says Purdy is only one inch shorter than Joe Montana. It's the same height as me too. So that means I think I should have played quarterback. Josh Wyatt says the second half was really unexpected. I saw everything I expected to see, and then Brock adjusted to the book at halftime. So impressive. Yeah, he's, yeah Kyle, he's Kyle did a great job adjusting at halftime and. That's not something I normally give him praise for, but he he did a good job adjusting the halftime. He really did. Um, Keneal Mason, Merry Christmas, Ryan and Grant got got a Jordan Mason jersey for Christmas. <laughs> nice. Also, have y'all considered that Purdy might be benefiting from second half of the year? Kyle Trey's biggest game by a mile was Week Seventeen. Yeah, man, he's benefited from a lot. A great defense, a great supporting cast. Um, great I, I, yeah. yeah, a league that doesn't really know what to do. Uh, and Kyle him. does learn, tend to do a lot better towards yeah. the end of the season. Again, he's not Patrick Mahomes, even though he's kind of playing like it right now. But he's not. He's not. Purdy Me says, I understand the run game being potentially better with Trey if he was a good runner, but not fast enough to run outside and too fragile to run inside. Yeah, but here's the thing that I want to say about that. When he was on the field, defenses were so keyed into stopping him as a runner that I think that's part of the reason why he only averaged four-something yards per carry. Look at what everyone else averaged when he was on the field. It was like six yards a carry for everyone else because they were so focused on him. It was going to even out eventually. They, the league wasn't going to let the Niners run for six yards a carry on him, handing off. And that's another reason. They didn't need to run him. He was so effective as, as a decoy. That was going to even out. I like I like Trey Lance as a passer better than a, a runner, yeah. personally. Yeah. yeah. No, that's just – that's it was, it was supposed to be something extra like with Josh Allen, not – a steady diet like with Jalen Hurts. Also, Ryan, I was right about Kittle just early. Shout out, Keneal. Keith Foster says, this is the offense Kyle ran in Houston. Kittle equals Owen Daniels. Owen Daniels. That was a long, long time ago. But yeah, it's a Kubiak play-action bootleg offense. Does Trey get as much hate on your channel? Ryan? Trey gets as much hate everywhere. It's so strange. Yeah. Hensley, would you please tell my wife to stop sending you super chats? I will try. It's hard. <laughs> Dump Lance, keep Purdy, and have Jimmy back him up. Oh, I wish I had more hands so I could give that super chat four thumbs down, man. Jimmy's got to go. 
Jimmy's got to go. Need to sign E-Man next year. That, I agree with that. But I have a feeling they're going to not unless they can get some kind of deal. My finger hurts. Says, Don't forget, Trey also came in at half t- uh, came in at halftime in a tie game versus Seattle and lost that one too. You shouldn't have to do much to win with this team, but Trey didn't. Did, what do you mean Trey didn't? How many how many games did Trey Lance play? Like, hold on. Like, this is – I don't know. I guess – what, like, what happened? I, like, the the whole instant gratification up? thing. When he was drafted, no one said he was like a finished product. Everyone said he's a, pro- he's a project. He's young. He's inexperienced. You, you got to, like, commit to the process. And the people that want to tear him down are, are Jimmy Garoppolo fans that are uh, obsessed with instant gratification. Brock Purdy gives him that because he's had instant success. But a lot of great quarterbacks weren't great right away. And you would have been dumb writing off Peyton Manning after start four. Troy Aikman after start four. You know, like, it's dumb. Josh Allen. Yeah. J- Justin Fields. Like, so many guys. So, my finger hurt. That's all I got to say. Leroy says, "Is it is so great to see Kittle running routes. I mean, that is way too much money to spend on two OTs, Williams and Kittle. Thank you. Running routes. I'm taking credit for that, man. I called him out. I was like, go to Kyle. Tell him you want the ball. Brock <laughs> Russell Wilson. Yeah. Russell Wilson is so bad right now. Right now. Yeah, I mean, honestly. He should retire. Brock has some Russell Wilson traits when Russell Wilson was good. He doesn't have the deep ball that Russell Wilson has, but he has that elusiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, but Russell Wilson looks like trash right now. I don't understand. Bosa ignored Trey during the pregame celebration. You see that on my video? I didn't see it. I had a video of that. Glass Half Full Guy says, do you guys think this team is better than the 2019 team? I kind of do, in my honest opinion. Yes, because Jimmy's not the quarterback. Yes. And they don't have, they don't have Buckner. They're deeper, what? in my opinion, too. Yeah. Brian Greasy, the real hero of our story. No. Brock Purdy is the hero of the story. It's Brock. 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 <laughs> Purdy sample size is light years better than Trey. Good Lord. Why is everyone picking on Trey? What, what is why, is, why are people paying me to pick on Trey? Okay, let's keep going. Uh, one more thing with the offense. This short yardage thing. It's like this offense all of a sudden is super powered. It's the greatest show on grass. But they can't pick up one yard on third and one. But they can't. So hold on. What Before we talk solutions, can I just vent a little bit? I like Kyle Juszczyk. Hell of a player. It's just they pay him all this money. They call him an offensive weapon. He's been a Pro Bowl fullback seven years in a row, and he can't be the short yardage back? Like, I'm sorry. I grew up with Mike Allstott. That was the fullback when we were growing up. He was teammates with John Lynch. John should know him. And when that freaking Bucks team needed one yard, Mike Allstott would get you three every time. Mm-hmm. So the Niners have an all-pro, uh, not an all-pro, a Pro Bowl fullback, not an option. Although, no, no, he can pitch the ball. He can freaking pitch the ball. But they can't do a quarterback sneak with Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey is a scat back. What do they do on short yardage in the playoffs? Hopefully Jordan Mason. Two words. Healthy. Jordan Mason. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully if Jordan Mason is back, I mean, he's the he's the number one solution. And, you know, Elijah Mitchell as well is great at running between the tackles. I think, you know, as great as Christian McCaffrey is, one of the best weapons in the NFL, a, a tremendous weapon for the 49ers. Between the tackles, you need short yardage. Jordan Mason and Liza Mitchell, I'd rather go with them. Uh, I know that that's probably controversial to a lot of people, but short yardage, you know they're running. Christian McCaffrey's not the guy to do that between the tackles. It's just not his strength. Doesn't mean It's not a knock on CMC, but Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell, uh, that's the key right there. 
Yeah, I think it's it's even more Jordan Mason. Um, mm-hmm. My fear is that he's they're never going to give him that role. I don't know what his role is. They, he's the closer at the end of the games. He should be the short yardage back too because um, it's not Ty Davis Price. Ty Davis Price might have a future. He had some nice runs at the end of the game, but it's clear that he's not a part-time running back. You can't give him a role. He's a bell cow or nothing. He's, he's probably ex- had 20-something carries a game his whole life, and he needs to get going. And uh, so he's not. He's a terrible short yardage back. Jordan Mason was a part-time running back in college. He's used to, he, was a, he was a goal line back in college. So it's a role he's used to. It's a role he can flourish in. I'm just afraid that when Elijah Mitchell comes back, they're going to forget all about Jordan Mason. It's going to go back to just Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. And as good as Elijah Mitchell is, I don't really consider him a short yardage back either, which is why last year in the playoffs, it was freaking Debo. And it might be Debo again. Jordan Mason kind of, or Elijah Mitchell is kind of a cross between Jordan Mason and CMC. He's like, yeah. it's in the middle almost, right? Yeah, he's like 205 pounds. I mean, he yeah. runs hard, but he's still little, which is why he gets hurt. But this, the, the qualities that makes Jordan Mason a closer those are the same qualities you want on short down, right? right. So obviously he, he should be your guy. It's so obvious, but um, this is going to be a problem for the Niners unless they do this because it's so weird to see Kyle call those uh, quarterback sneaks um, with no hesitation every time for Jimmy Garoppolo and have like almost 99% success. And now with Brock, it's like, ah, I can't do that. He's not big enough for, I don't know what exactly it is. But now they got to find a different way to pick up one yard. It used to be automatic. Now it's an adventure. And Brock, Brock's not the best. Uh, I'll give Jimmy one thing. He, he's a better quarterback sneaker than Brock. I noticed Brock struggles a little bit. And he hasn't done a lot of them. But when they call QB sneaks, he doesn't seem to be able to get as much push. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's part of it. You know, maybe Jimmy has him there. Yeah, better quarterback sneaker. Other than that, I'll take Brock. Jerome Smith says, Trey reminds me of cap passing. They both need to take heat. Off uh, short and intermediate passes, both have to learn to read a defense. Uh, Trey has way better mechanics though than Cap ever had. Cap Cap threw a football like a baseball, like he just wound yeah. up. And it took a long time. I think uh, I think Trey's a better passer than than Cap. Like Cap could throw the ball hard and far and long and accurate on the deep ball, but I think Trey overall is a more polished. Uh, I'm a little tired of people giving their expert opinions on Trey Lance. I'm a little tired of it. Like, mm-hmm. dude, we've all seen the same amount of Trey Lance. It's about this much. He's a project. He's younger than Purdy. Like, I, I, dude, I respect your opinion, but, like, I, we've all seen the same stuff, and no one is going to say something that's going to be like, oh, boom, he just unlocked the truth of Trey. Like, no. No. He needs time. It's we, the, the book has not been written on Trey yet. Yeah. There's, like, half a chapter in this book. Yeah. Half. Exactly. The coach says, I got a sneaking suspicion that all the fans who want Trey gone were the Jimmy Truthers who never wanted him to begin with. Hating on Trey will not bring Jimmy back. Let it go. Thank you. Well put. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back because I said it fast. The coach says, I got a sneaking suspicion that all the fans who want Trey gone were the Jimmy Truthers who never wanted Trey to begin with. Hating on Trey will not bring Jimmy back. Let it go. Let it go. It's not coming back. I think that's part of it. A lot of people kind of want Jimmy to come back as the as the backup next year, but they know that can't happen if Trey's here. So, so they're like, hey, Trey, Trey for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Purdy, the best rookie quarterback of this draft class? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. I think right so. Yeah. It's as if Trey Lance haters have some kind of inherent bias. Almost like. Yeah. <laughs> Cookie says, some. 
Cookie says, hypothetically, if Brock starts the entire next season and defenses around the league are not able to adjust to him due to Kyle's scheme, could he have an MVP season like Matt Ryan did in Atlanta? Well, I mean, I think right now he's putting up MVP numbers. Like, isn't that – over the last four weeks, I think his uh, passer rating, like, up there, if not number one in the league. So, yeah, could happen. Kurt Warner did it. Send Trey back to college and redraft him in two years. Oh, man. Thanks for the money. Josh Wyatt says in preseason we said Lance wasn't going to be able, wasn't going to be an upgrade this year. We were pissed at Kyle for drafting a three-year project for a win now team. How is any of this Trey's fault? Yeah, the, the timelines never matched up. Never matched up. And that's why when people when the Niners drafted him and they were like, I mean, it's the perf the best situation for Trey. Some people were like, ooh, is it though? Good team. But how's he gonna get on the field? Are they gonna accept him? He's supposed to be a project. Josh Allen was a project. They accepted the process, embraced the process. The Niners never did. Mm. Or haven't yet. Why did TDP play over Mason? Because he's hurt. Yeah. Hamstring and a knee injury. Deontay says Trey should not uh, should have not been drafted third overall, but in the third round, if he's a project like Malik, Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter, what's the difference? Um, that's a good point. I, I do think it's true that he was the least experienced top three pick ever. And I think um, – that was very much the product of the pandemic. These teams didn't get, I mean, he didn't play that year. They didn't get to have one-on-one interactions with the quarterbacks very much. And you saw a lot of strange drafting. I don't, I I never, I don't think Trey would have went top three a lot of years, but he did this year and the Niners have him. And you could argue that the trade was wrong and they gave up too much and they shouldn't have been the pick. Fine. He's here now. What are you going to do? Trade him for a seventh round pick now? What are you going to do? He still could end up being as very, as as good as you thought, but yeah, probably shouldn't have been a top three pick. Probably, I think I think only time will tell whether he's worth the third pick or not. We don't know right now. Nathan Flores says the Flores says the hate on Trey is just unreal. Some uh, say something bad about Jimmy in the stand, so quick to make excuses. Jimmy throws wobbly passes too. It's true. CMC equals Roger Craig. Roger Craig was a lot bigger. CMC is like, um, to me, he's more like Darren Sproles, Reggie Bush, better. But Craig um, hits with those high better. knees. Yeah, yeah right. big man. Uh, no, so sim- I mean, in terms of maybe production, who do you guys think is the scariest team in the NFC? 49ers. Probably this one. Yeah. Probably this one. Uh, Roster Rooster Man says Trey fans are obviously not Niner fans. They are. F- Hold on. Trey fans are obviously not Niner fans. They are football fans who see potential in a great one at that. Jimmy fans are well wishers whose dreams always fall flat. Trey fans are not Niner fans. I don't see that. I'm a I'm a Niner fan. I like Trey. I like Brock Purdy. I respect Jimmy. He's not that good of a quarterback. That's just how I feel. Ryan, I thought that BP chart was Zach Wilson's. <laughs> I posted the charts between Jimmy's and uh, and Brock Purdy's, and it was uh, a little surprising what you see on there. Big Boy Luis says, "Who calls himself Big Boy?" Big Boy Luis says, "Brock is the best quarterback drafted in the last two years. Support Trey. We have a good problem. Appreciate Jimmy too. Wish him well. Stop all the hate." Mm-hmm. Yeah, better than Trevor Lawrence is what he's saying. Wow, that's maybe Jack Jackson says if CMC gets into the Hall of Fame before Roger Craig, then the committee needs to be replaced. That's a good point. Roger Craig is not going to make it. Christian McCaffrey, well, eh, see, uh, I mean, he didn't even make the Pro Bowl this year. I don't really know. How, I wonder how the league and the peers look at McCaffrey. I know how Kyle looks at him, but uh, he got voted in by the fans, and the league was like, "No, Tony Pollard, you're in." Like Tony Pollard. Like I'm, I'm a hater, and I would take Christian McCaffrey over Tony Pollard. Are you kidding? It feels like CMC and Debo 
are playing the wrong position almost. <laughs> like CMC should be receiver, Debo should be a running back, and then everything. Sorry, be Jerome, I didn't mean to jump down your your throat. He said he's a Trey fan. Sorry, Jerome, take it back. Bobo says, "Damn, fifty bucks. Damn, had a lot to say for all the folks who want to say that Purdy has shown more than Trey." Where was his energy for Cap? His 1.5 years, he had a record comparable to Jimmy, plus a Super Bowl and a trip to the NFC Championship. Turned on him quick. It's disingenuous. Yeah, it's true. Cap did have, he did satisfy the instant gratification check mark desire. I mean, he won a bunch of games. He took the, he went to the Super Bowl in his first year as a starter, lost, but put up 31 points. I mean, it wasn't his fault that the Niners gave up like 20 something points before you could blink in that game. Yeah, it's not his fault. It's true. It's true. Terror Dome says, get Jimmy out of this team and you'll finally see truth. My finger hurts as I want to trade to be good, but he was bad even for someone raw. And that was before scouting report even out on him. Eventually teams would force him to have to throw over the middle and win and he could. This this seems like Flav. It's not. But if Flav had a rebrand, he see this is the this is what Flav, Flav talked. And it's fair. It's not biased. It's just someone with a very strong opinion that a 22-year-old quarterback with four four career starts is a bust. I think it's what? fair to call um, Zach Wilson the next Ryan Leaf or the next. I mean, maybe that's maybe it's hasty, but we've seen two seasons of Zach. I think it's fair to say that dude's a bust. Can we just give this kid? Can we give Trey 25 starts before we before we put him in the Jamarcus Russell category? Why does your finger hurt? Leroy says, only weakness I see in this team is Lenore at that position. He's trying, but for sure the weakest link right now. Solution. We're going to talk about that. We're going to go defense next. Brother Sam says, Grant, have you ever considered working for the WWE and becoming the next Paul Heyman? No. Um, I liked WWE when I was a kid, though, but I'm not really into that. I mean, when they had people like, you know, Razor Ramon and uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, it was, it was a little more theatrical when I was yeah. a kid, at least I thought. Faithful says, all the people want Trey gone reminds me of all the people that want a young uh, gone back in the day, not comparing skill level, but why give up? Yeah, why give up? Again, it just feels like what the Bucks did. You had Steve Young, you had Vinny Desiverde, you could have had both of them. Why, why would you give away Steve Young to, to Bill Walsh so he could have two quarterbacks? Dummy. Like, I'm sorry. Okay. The Niners defense is great. D'Amico Ryans is great. He's proven himself. He's gone after this year. He's got to be one of the top head coaching candidates in the league and the Niners have been good at finding defensive coaches. Robert Sala was, had never been a coordinator, hired him, became a head coach in three, four, four years. D'Amico never been a coordinator, hired him, going to be a head coach in three years. Who do you think will be the next man up? Get, don't say Vic Fangio either because there's a report that he and Sean Payton are already thinking about teaming up, thinking maybe Dallas if they don't go all the way. So, Looking like not Vic Fangio. Who do you think will be the next DC of the Niners if D'Amico's gone? Um, I, I have a couple. I have a few. I have like four guesses. Come on, a, cu- a couple of them are like, no, it's not going to happen, but it's just I think it'd be cool. The one that I think is realistic and probably deserving and should be dip- considered would be uh, Chris Kasurik, um, the, the defensive line coach for the 49ers right now. He's done a fantastic job already. It so- will be, though. Well, I asked him. I asked him before the season. I was like, hey, man, you're pretty much regarded as the best uh, defensive line coach in the league. Do you have any aspirations to be a coordinator? And he said, you know, I, I did. I used to. And then they said, you know, you, you really have to watch coverages. So I started watching coverages, and then I realized that I just kept watching the pass rush. I don't want to watch coverages. I just want to be a defensive line coach. He <laughs> really cool. said that, and I, and I, I videotaped him. So God wow. love him. Some people are like that. Some people are great at, I don't want to see like the small picture, but the details. Mm-hmm. The details. Some guys are big picture guys. 
Yeah. So I think he's a detail guy. Well, I got another one that you may may or may not like. Um, he didn't wrap his college coaching season up well, but I think he would be a good defensive coordinator, which would be David Shaw. Oh, man. Uh, I think he's not going to work for a while. I, I think if we see him work again, it'll be on television. What I heard through the grapevine is that he wasn't working so hard at Stanford at the end and that that uh, team was yeah. that that coaching yeah that coaching staff was getting outworked pretty much by everyone in the Pac-12 so it's a lot of work to I can see why you would say him it's head coaching yeah. in college which recruiting it's 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 a big commitment I think honestly being a D coordinator might be less work than that but yeah that that's a good point I got a couple cool ones just just for fun who I'd like to see it's never going to happen but uh, how about Richard Sherman and Deion Sanders? I'd love to consider those guys. I think that would be awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah. But the way Kyle does it, I think he he's a real coach's coach. Yeah. And he's going to want you to. Deion, the they're too big of personalities for Kyle, right. for sure. Well, look yeah. at D'Amico and Sala. Those mm-hmm. guys were quality control linebacker coaches, DCs. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a progression. I got a name. I All think right. I know who it's going to be. I think he's on All the staff right. right now. Okay. Corey Undlin. Corey Undlin, he's currently the secondary coach and the pass game specialist. He was the defensive coordinator of Detroit in 2020. To me, the Niners look at him as a conceptual guy. They have two kind of coaches on their staff, guys who teach technique, guys who are conceptual in terms of scheme. And mm-hmm. I think he might be both, but I think he the fact that he has the pass game specialist title right now means that he is involved in game planning and scheme. So I think they brought him in last year probably knowing that D'Amico isn't going to be around that much. And I think Kyle's always got someone on the back burner. So that's my, that's my guess. Corey Unlin, DC next year. Yeah. It's probably coming from within. I'd be surprised if it doesn't. They don't want to, they don't want to switch anything up. They don't want to change anything. Unless it was, unless it was Vic Fangio for some reason, he didn't go with Sean Payton. Other than that, it sounds like it would be somebody from within. So yeah, I have, I know nothing about the guy, so I don't know. I I don't know much about him either. Just that he's here, but from Fangio's perspective, would I rather go to the Niners and have to, do a bunch of compromises with Chris Kacarek and maybe change my defense from a 3-4 to a 4-3 or just go with Sean Payton and do whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah. Something to think about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know who Corey Unlin is, check him out. Now let's talk about the issue with Corey Unlin's uh, unit, <laughs> the secondary. Right. Like, is this a good pick because of this? You know? Right. Like, we know that the defensive line is great. We know that the linebackers are great. We don't know about the secondary. It's gotten, I mean, the defense is all-time great, and maybe we're overreacting, but when the Niners do get beat, it's like deep, and, you know, it's like uh, busted coverages. So they had two pro bowlers, uh, Traverius Ward, who's an alternate, and Talanoa Hufunga, who's a starter and got burned for two touchdowns in this game. Um, I think the issues maybe start with Talanoa, at least in our minds, because he's the one giving up the touchdowns. What do you see the issue is with this defense? I think they're spoiled. The, the, the secondary is spoiled by Nick Bosa and the pass rush. And so they're counting on that pass rush getting there. They're jumping on the short routes, uh, and therefore they get beat deep. So yeah. when they Overly face – aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they're going to have to dial that back, especially when they get to the playoffs and they find – they go up against good quarterbacks who can buy themselves time or teams with good offensive line – who can help buy the quarterback some time because if they keep playing the way they are, that's my biggest. I talked about earlier that Brock Purdy was my biggest worry for this team going into the postseason. It's now the secondary getting diced up by quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, 
you know, or even uh, guys in the NFC like Jalen Hurts. Um, that's my biggest uh, concern for this team in the postseason. And I'm hoping they figure it out or Nick Bosa just keeps going crazy and applying that pressure so they can continue to do that. Um, my issue with the secondaries, I think the league got it wrong as to who the best player in the Niners secondary is. They said it's Talanoa. It's not Talanoa. It's not. He's a, he's a good player, but for all the plays he makes, it seems like he gives them up. I mean, he's a boomer bust player. To me, the best player in the Niners secondary is Charvarius Ward. And when he's 100% healthy, he's a shutdown, lockdown corner. And I've always felt that a shutdown, lockdown corner is just as valuable, if not more valuable, than a, than a elite edge rusher because he shuts down a half of the field the rest of the the rest of the defense doesn't have to worry about that side of the field and it makes everyone else stronger so when he hasn't been 100 percent healthy that's when the defense has seen i mean the secondary has seen to get exposed and he's not 100 percent healthy right now he's coming back from a concussion earlier in the year he was coming back from a groin injury and when he's played at less than 100 percent, the niners have gotten torched in secondary so if he's good to go in the playoffs their secondary should be money even though that, even though Diamond Lenore's not great, uh, Hafunga's overrated, Gibson's overrated. I mean, really, everyone's a little overrated in the secondary, other than Ward. Ward's the truth, but he's also been dinged up here and there. So his health is paramount to this team in this Super Bowl run. His health. Yeah, and then, and then you got Jimmy um, in the nickel. You know, you'd almost, you'd almost. I think they would be doing better a little bit. I'm not that Jimmy's doing bad in the nickel. He's been doing great lately. He started off rough, but he's been doing yeah. really good lately. Um, but I think this defending the deep pass game would would benefit with Jimmy Ward's leadership and experience a little bit. Um, but I mean, that's probably not going to happen. He's going to probably stay at the nickel. But d- down the stretch, like they're gonna, in their big games, they're going to need Jimmy Ward on tight ends. They're going to need him on Hawkinson if they yeah. play Minnesota, and they're going to need him on Kelsey if they play Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Well, I mean, keep in mind also, Jason Verrett never worked out. Emmanuel Mosley was injured. Those two guys, I mean, if you had Emmanuel Mosley, Jason Verrett, and Charverius Ward, like that's crazy, right? And so they had to make do after losing two really good corners. Uh, And so that's part of it too. But luckily this pass rush has held it together. Um, But again, if you got a a great offensive blocking scheme or just a great offensive lineman or a quarterback that can buy time, uh, you could see some problems. Jason says, my God, give the kid a chance. No, he doesn't get one. We don't like the – No, no no, no chances for him. Sorry. Cookie Monster says, still pissed that Cap kept throwing it to Crabtree in the red zone. Super Bowl, shake my head. Yeah, that was such a – that was such a brain fart from the entire offense that that happened. Flox says, the day Purdy started, you said we can finally do play action, et cetera, et cetera. You saw the upside in Purdy. Shout out, Grant. I saw that. saw that. I didn't know he'd be this good, but I had a feeling he might be better than Jimmy. Gabe says, gee, has any news outlets re- reached out to offer a job? Me? No, I'm toxic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Josh Wyatt says, is, the Brock, is Brock the new cousins to Trey RG3? It seems like Kyle created this the same way he created that situation. Is it the fans who have a prejudice problem or the Niners? I know that Cap, I know what Cap would say. Ooh. Um, I, look, I mean, you're not the first person to see uh, RG3, Kirk Cousins uh, similarities here. I guess we'll never know. Possible. I think RG three is a much better runner than Trey was. Um, but I mean, the, 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 the it would be dynamics. Um, the dynamics of it. He, 
Everyone thought he wanted Mac. He traded up to get Mac. People said, you can't take Mac at three. So now it's like the organization telling him who to pick. And instead of him flipping out about it, he's in his 40s and he's a little smarter and he saw what happened to Jim Harbaugh and he's like, all right, Jay, whatever you want. Let me just, you know, do what I want covertly the next year. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. But yeah. I can see why you would think that. Mm-hmm. Um, almost done with the show. Jerome says, yes, correct. Spoiled by the pass rush. Spoiled. Spoilt. Scott Hill says, hey, Grant, can we give Kinlaw his flowers for stopping the run next to the goal line? I did give Kinlaw his flowers for stopping the goal, uh, the run next to the goal line. Fourth and one. That was huge. Yeah. Fred Warner made the tackle, but Kinlaw stood up his guy and was one of the main reasons that play happened. That's a huge play. In his first game back, he definitely deserves his flowers. I'm sorry if you missed me because I wanted to give him his flowers. Hold on. I think we missed. Did we get Leroy Lazada? Only weakness I see in this team is Lenore. That position he's trying for sure, but the weakest link right now is solution. We get. We did get that, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, I think so. we did. And it, I, to me, it's not Lenore. He's not great, but well, maybe it is Lenore. He is not good. But it just seems like when Traverius Ward is, is doing his thing, you can help Lenore, and you don't have to help Ward. But when Ward's a little bit compromised, he needs a little help too, and all of a sudden Lenore gets picked on. Jimmy Ward gets picked on. Hafunga gets exploited. So so much depends on Traverius Ward's health. Maybe they shouldn't. He had to leave the game because of nausea, and it wasn't about the concussion the week before. Who, who came? Did he have bad shellfish? Did he have bad shellfish? What, what, did, he have, what did he have? What are you telling me, man? Like, I'm guessing. Why did he have nausea? Interesting. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, did he need to play? Who, Be careful with Jamarius Ward. Who came in from him? Was it Ambry Thomas? No, it was Janoris Jenkins, and he gave up like a 50-yard catch immediately. Where's Ambry Thomas? What happened to that guy? Man? Hurt. Hurt? Guy gets hurt in practice, or I don't know what, how he gets hurt, but he has, he has like an ankle injury. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. Cornerback position. Scott Hill, we got you. Last one, and then we're done. Anoop says secondary is crucial. Focus area for QC. We're weak here. I feel like we need secondary packages with 60 Bs, deep safety versus Eagles, Casey and Bills. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, the Niners are going to go, and they, they might get away with this problem for weeks and weeks and then finally face Josh Allen, and it's like, oh, damn, our secondary isn't nearly as good as we thought, and then it's too late to fix it. So yeah. I'll do my part, Anoop, for you, for everyone. <laughs> that was an hour and a half show. You guys are yeah. so generous. Thank you so much for watching. There's hell of people here. But it's yeah. over. The show is over. All good things can't last. And yeah. alas, this is just like that. Good show. Go on. If you would be so kind, go subscribe to my channel. Um, I'd appreciate that. Thank you very much. You can, you can throw money at me and hate on Trey Lance over there too if you want. Definitely subscribe to Ryan Hensley. Yeah. Ryan's great. He does a daily show, 8 a.m. Pacific time, which is great. I mean, there needs to be more. There needs to be continuous 49ers coverage on YouTube. And Ryan is sliding right into that a.m. spot, which I was – Wondering when someone would take it because I don't want to wake up that early. But Ryan, he's got kids. So, right, right. It's my only time, 8 a.m. There you go. Do, do the Raiders have enough weapons to cause some issues with the D, within the D? Yeah, but they got Derek Carr. So, um, he's worse than Jimmy. I mean, Derek, the Raiders didn't look good last. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even know. I mean, they're eliminated. They should probably sit Derek Carr because he's not going to be their quarterback. Let's play Derek, Jared Stidham and just give the Niners the W. Yeah. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll be back later with uh, Larry Kruger, I think. I haven't talked to him, but I'm assuming. So see you then.